The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So uh, yesterday, um, I left you with a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger. It was the statement that the abbess made in the story that I was telling yesterday. And that it says, the Buddhist path only exists while one walks it. So I'm going to continue. And today's story is going to follow this theme. And it's called The Abyss. So we have to end with some dramatic ending. <laughs> so <laughs> The Abyss. Hmm. A monk told this story. I had reached an impasse after 25 years in the monastery. I had devoted myself diligently to monastic practice. Through much effort, my powers of concentration, mindfulness, and compassion were among the strongest the abbess had ever seen. I was known for my peace and equanimity. I had no obvious attachments. However, I had not yet attained the realization. Other monks and nuns, with less time in the monastery and a less thorough practice, had reached various levels of awakening. Everyone thought my circumstances was most strange. Then one day, the abbess took me aside for a long talk. We discussed how I was held back by my fear of completely letting go. As much as I trusted the spiritual life, at my core was some deep, unarticulated, nagging mistrust. As long as I could remember, a part of me was on the lookout for impending tragedy. And this is a side comment. I think most of us probably can relate to this. Always on the lookout for danger. So at the end of the conversation, the abbess told me she could think of only one more catalyst for my enlightenment. Just the possibility brought me tears of joy until she told me it meant entering a basement room called The Abyss. No one in many generations had entered this room. Only the abbess was entrusted with the secret knowledge of what was inside. No one else knew, while the red door uh, to the room was kept locked. It didn't need to be. An atmosphere of terror in uh, emanated from within, and the monks and nuns were afraid to walk anywhere near the door. Walking down to the basement, the abbess explained that my one and last opportunity was inside this room. Once I entered this room, there would be no turning back. Standing in front of the door, 
I had a mixed feelings about entering. The abbess carefully explained the instructions that had been transmitted to her. I was to step into the room. The abbess would close and lock the door behind me, and under no circumstances would she unlock it again. On entering the room, I was simply to walk to the other side of the room and exit through the door there. It sounded easy enough. Suddenly, the abbess opened the door and pushed me inside. Before I could get my bearings, I heard the door lock behind me. The room proved to be huge, perhaps a hundred feet wide. On the other side of the room was the door, just like the one I had entered. The room had no floor. I was standing on a two-foot ledge, as wide as the door. Between me and the other door was a gaping abyss. I could not see the bottom. From the depth came horrible grinding and cracking sounds. Occasionally, a ball of a flame shot upward. I was scared and perplexed. How was I supposed to walk across? I spent the first day standing on the ledge, studying the room, certain that I was meant to discover some secret way to get across. I spent the second day banging on the door, hoping that someone would let me out. I cried most of the third day until, while sitting on the ledge, one of my slippers fell off my foot. As it fell, the grinding noises seemed to get worse. On the fourth day, I desperately and repeatedly reviewed the instructions. They were so simple: walk across the room and out the other door. Could I trust the abbess? Tired and hungry. On the fifth day, I gave up all hope, convinced I had no other choice but to try the instructions. I decided to walk off, walk out off the ledge. I tried not to imagine what awaited me down in the depths. Terrified, I looked straight ahead and took a step into the room. Into the unknown, as my foot came down, the ledge stretched forward, receiving me with a firm, steady base. It took me another day to take the second step, but when I finally did, the ledge again extended itself outwards to receive my foot. I continued walking into the emptiness, and with each step, the ledge became longer. Long in soon enough, I had reached the opposite side. From that day on, letting go into the freedom of realization has come easily.
the Buddhist path only exists while one walks it. It's a real daring endeavor, right? What we're doing here, showing up each day to practice, to learn, to walk the path. It's a real courageous act. Even if you don't feel heroic just yet. And do we dare? Do we dare to walk the path unfolding right underneath of our own feet? Maybe with the fires shooting up underneath and the heat. Do we dare to choose calm and compassion when someone is mean and angry to us? Do we dare to meet our own inner turmoil, turmoil, even though the default reactivity would be to blame and escape? Do we dare to choose wholesome, even though when it seems to be quite impossible? My husband, my husband shared a little cartoon yesterday with me. It had a picture of an old wise man and a young uh, little girl. And the little girl asked the uh, old man a question. And she says, tell me, sir, in which field could I make a great career? And the wise man replied with a smile. Being a good human being. There are a lot of opportunities in this area and very little competition. (laughs) Yeah, do we dare to choose something unpopular? So walking this path um, takes a lot of courage, patience, Persistence, determination, sincerity, and commitment, and boundless kindness to ourselves and others. So in many ways, this whole week of uh, stories and reflections are pointing at how the practice path is a whole life path. I think one of you kind of put this in the chat box the other day. That's a whole life path. And um, I would also add, it's a whole lifelong path. It's a way of a living. A great um, a Thai um, monastic teacher Upasika Key in her book Pure and the Simple says this the practice isn't something you do from time to time you know you have to keep doing it continuously throughout life you have to keep up with the holy life because you're playing for real 
We're playing for real here. And this is not dipping our toes uh, in water and then just walk away. This is crossing the flood. Crossing the flood of a greed, hatred, delusion. And so may the stories and reflections enrich your practice and deepen your practice. And may our practice and, and our learning together benefit all beings everywhere. And so I deeply bow and appreciate all of us doing this together. What a wonder in this world. And I also want to introduce um, our teacher for uh, next week, um, another wonderful IMC teacher. Meg Goller will be here uh, joining you, uh, teaching uh, from France, I believe. And another wonderful being uh, to be with. And so may your practice blossom. May you thrive in Dharma. Thank you, everyone.